0: Welcome to the Healthy Business Matters podcast, where business owners, HR professionals, and insurance brokers can unlock the hidden potential within each employee by leveraging concierge healthcare. In each episode, your hosts unpack navigating solutions like theirs to drive better employee engagement,
1: productivity, and more importantly, overall quality of life. So grab your morning coffee, start your commute, and welcome your hosts, Nathan Barr and Dr. Andrew White.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Business Matters Podcast. I'm Dr. Andrew White. Nathan Barr. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about concierge healthcare. And is it a fad, Nate? Is it just going to, are we going to go away?
1: Mm, are know, we going to sail to Aruba yet? <laughs> you know, maybe in retirement, I'd like to do that. But no, healthcare, uh, concierge healthcare is, I think, 100% the future. And I think it's really the push and the drive to get back to the relationship again. It's only natural in a in an industry like healthcare to desire a personalized relationship with your provider. And so concierge or whatever term you use for it, I don't think it's a fat at all. I think it's the pendulum swinging back uh, to where we want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so
0: like the last couple episodes in season two is we, that we've opened with again, Nate and I talked about when we wrapped up season one about wanting to look at relevant articles, new things that are coming out in healthcare in the benefit space, and talk about them. So again, in the show notes, we'll include a link to the article we're referencing. But again, to your point, Nate, I think one of the most fascinating things that we're seeing, not just in healthcare, but in a few different areas in the United States and different markets, is almost a this it's like a marriage of regression mm-hmm. of like old school behaviors with innovation. So a great example would be this yep. concierge model, right? Where regression, meaning like back in the day, there was just mom and pop, you were a medical doctor, you hung a shingle in a small town and you were the doc, you were everybody's ever but thing. Yep. And you only went to the big hospitals for the very rare instance. Uh, and, so there's that regression kind of happening in the idea of concierge healthcare, but it's also innovation, right? Because we're leveraging technology, right? There's things like telemedicine. There's, uh, new ideas that are coming up with mobile technology, diagnostic technology, bringing it to you. And so again, it's, it's, it's this kind of marriage is happening. Again, I, I thought about an example almost, uh, when I read the article that reminded me another, uh, example would be something like coffee, like when coffee was, uh, it's always been popular. It's been popular for a long time, but, uh, often a lot of coffee was, uh, done in coffee shops. It was yep. like specialty. Nobody had a espresso machine at home. That was not a thing. They were massive. They were complicated. And so you had to go to an expert to get it. And then coffee became a convenience. And then we pushed and pushed and pushed to the most convenient thing possible. Mm -hmm. How can I inject this caffeine in my system faster (laughs) than humanly possible? And so then we, all the way to like, you know, pod coffee, right? Or kind of fast food coffee. But then there's been over the last few years, almost a regression where I have a friend actually who started a a e-commerce company selling hand grinders for coffee Wow! Uh, and the idea his whole business model was it was a he was selling hand grinders but it was more of a, it was a movement toward uh, like a mindfulness practice that mm-hmm. we we should see our coffee morning ritual uh, f- to make space and time to be mindful, to slow down, to hand grind it, take some time to uh, savor the moment instead of just like fast, fast, go, 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 high stress. Mm -hmm. So again, we're seeing that all over the place in, in the market. But again, I think either way, whether you're talking about coffee or whether you're talking about in this case, again, concierge med, it's really being driven at the end of the day, by the patients,
1: right? Because sure. people are frustrated and they're looking for something different. Yeah, I mean, driven by patients, I think equally being driven by providers, right? They've been chewed up by the system, you know, consolidated systems and RVUs and all these metrics they got to get through. And so you don't have that relationship. You're into that fast food mentality for healthcare. How do we get as many as fast as possible? And, um, and they're getting burned out. And so I think you have the patient demand for it. And then I think you have the also the provider, you know, just they just can't deal with the system any longer. And so they're they're burned out. They're breaking out of the system. And this article references that, too. And and how does the provider find satisfaction in the work again? And so if it was only one sided, I think if I were to say, hey, if it's only the providers wanting to do this. But patients don't really want this model for some reason, uh, right, you know, kind of the vice versa. Uh, then I might think differently about the longevity of this movement, but, um, I think you have both occurring right now where you have providers who are just saying, I'm done, you know, re- their reimbursements are going down. You talk about Medicare, setting payment rates. Um, you see those rates going down, unfortunately for providers, Yeah, they're having to see more patients because those reimbursement rates are going down. Um, and it's almost like a death spiral to an extent. And so, yeah, this concierge model is popping up and... Everybody's like, all right, well, I can get it in a direct pay model, right? With a provider and I can get unlimited access to this provider. Um, What's the downside? Yeah. That's not too bad. So I think maybe we
0: should take a step back real quick before we keep going in the article to just define what concierge healthcare is, at least the way that I would define it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, I think of there's two forms of concierge med that pop up for me when I think about that word, that term, one being... Uh, in the workplace, concierge meaning we're bringing healthcare to you at work, or it's a direct primary care model or direct to the consumer model where you're not going through the employer and subsidizing it as a benefit, but it's actually a elected self-pay by the consumer itself. And so, uh, Nate, I think you, because at Health Bar, I know you guys have a direct primary care model, so I think it would be helpful to maybe just describe that business model. Like... I'm a consumer here in West Michigan, mm-hmm. I, have, uh, I have three kids and a beautiful wife, but I'm really frustrated by how I can't get into my PCP without like scheduling over a month out. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in this idea, like what does that look like if, I, like, if I'm interacting in, in that way?
1: Yeah, and a little bit further to your first point too on defining concierge. When people hear concierge, they also think like, I got to be an executive. Yeah, it's expensive. Have, it's expensive, right? I, I attribute oh, concierge means I'm going to spend five, six grand a year to have a you know personalized relationship. Some some concierge positions have been charging five, six grand a month uh, for these, if not more. Um, so oh, man, Nate, how do I make five, six grand a month? Like <laughs> I, I need that. Yeah, right. And that's That, that is some of the uh, you know people speaking down to the concierge model. They're thinking in that that light, right? Yeah. and they're thinking. Or in like, other words, it might be like. Uh, uh, this this is a fad because this is just for the ultra wealthy. Yeah, you're this will about... never work for yes. general people. Yeah, how do you apply this principle to the general public if you're thinking at it with that lens? And that's what a lot of people think about concierge medicine is that that or that approach. So no, our, the model that I think is really coming to fruition and where concierge medicine is going truly, it, it's. Concierge is really another word for this relationship. And so how do you create personalized relationships within this healthcare experience? And uh, to do that in a model like ours, you know, you have some encounters of scale, but you also um, can do it very cost effectively. So you talk about, yeah, a family of five, um, you know, four or five getting uh, direct primary care services through something like ours are spending, you know, 200 bucks a month, somewhere around there, maybe a little more uh, depending on a few, few factors. Um, it's not crazy expensive. When you think about, insurance, your insurance that you're paying for, costing for a family of that size, seven grand a year in total premiums, um, then you're probably paying half of that as an In, in that
0: model, uh, family five, mm-hmm. if, if I called my provider because my son had an ear infection needed an antibiotic, Something like that's included in the monthly rate. Is that kind of the idea?
1: Yeah, the idea with with these more, I would say, subscription-based payment models, yep. maybe referred to the direct primary care concierge medicine, is, is really around I pay a set fee for a set service. Yep. Right. So, uh, yeah, something like an ear infection where it requires just more of a visual assessment, uh, maybe some minor diagnostics even. Point-of-care testing nowadays has come a long ways, so... We look at, you know, with, you know, everybody's familiar with the take-home COVID test, right? Yeah. You're doing a point-of-care test yourself at home. Um, so you think about those kinds of things and the ability to uh, decentralize these healthcare services. Those are all available uh, in these models. And so, yeah, you can get, you know, you look at the converse. If I take my sick kid to an urgent care doctor's office, co-pay 50 bucks plus, you know, the insurance bill beside of it and three hours of my life gone. Um, concierge models usually have, you're paying that X dollars a month. You know, maybe it's fifty bucks a person per month. Um, you don't copay, no deductibles, no other visit fees. So, and you get all those services for free. So, it, it's it's fantastic models, and I think creates what I like about this subscription based healthcare too is that it creates the right financial incentives for the patient and provider at the same time versus more of that fee for service model.
0: Yeah. So that's a topic that if you're a, if you've been a listener of this podcast for a while. You've likely heard us use phrases like uh, value-based care over a fee-for-service model. And again, what Nate is, uh, was referencing there was, again, the idea that uh, CPT codes or the, the language of insurance, if you go to the doctor, you get an EOB in the mail. It's going to list line item by line item all the things that were done. So, like, for instance, if you came to one of uh, our private clinics, you saw one of my uh, chiropractors and they adjusted you, but they also, uh, did some like PT style things with you. They did a stretch, they did an exercise, they, uh, consulted you on nutrition or what have you. I could in theory bill for all of those individual things. Now I don't believe in doing that because that inflates fees and I don't think that's fair. So instead what Nate and I both agree on the future of healthcare needs to move toward is, There's professionals that should get paid for their skill and their expertise, but we shouldn't necessarily pay, I personally just don't think that we should pay a provider differently because they spoke to me about one part of their expertise versus another or did one maneuver instead of another. Again, you can pay for the material costs, but the idea of paying a different fee because they use a different part of their brain or expertise just feels a bit unfair, antiquated, and incentivizes bad behaviors to inflate costs. Yeah, that's
1: exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. This is more of a comprehensive, holistic approach to a healthcare relationship with an individual that allows for full transparency, um, which is uh, it's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, you, you do you see providers. I think flocking to services like this. And, uh, I'm seeing even from this side, you know, on that direct primary care realm, there's uh, websites like hint.com where you're starting to be able to shop and look for uh, direct primary care providers also pay for services and use it more as like a interactable, uh, resource. So I think technology is catching up with this practice of medicine as well. And, um, Again, yeah, it's this weird pendulum shift of independent, like you said, this regression almost. But we went from this very independent world in healthcare to this now very consolidated, controlled world of healthcare. And so, how do we get maybe more to the middle? You know, yeah, maybe maybe the far extremes not good anymore because of some things in society. But how do we find the middle?
0: Yeah, and so again, uh, just to wrap up the the definition. So again, when we talk about concierge healthcare, we we would define it again as that relationship that's built between directly to the provider, to the individual, whether, again, it's in the private arena, like a family or individual that's contracting with a company Mm -hmm. uh, on more of a subscription model for their health, uh, for set services. Or again, if you're an employer and you're looking at creative benefit solutions and you're looking for vendors to come on site as a benefit for your employees, Mm -hmm. again, we would also consider that Concierge healthcare: the idea that we're creating a space uh, f- and venue for the uh, providers to create relationships directly with your people, mm-hmm. so that they can serve them. That again, there uh, there's things that are just included in that fee, so that it becomes a ben- a true benefit for the employee, and then they can start to make some better decisions. And you know, Nate, I just uh, it's funny. I think I took it for granted when I was first and in going into private practice that in my profession, uh, when I went into chiropractic uh, it is just the norm to go into private practice, to be independent, mm-hmm. that there are options. I could have worked. Uh, I looked at the cancer treatment centers of America because yeah. uh, they have chiropractic with a, their uh, comprehensive approach uh, to cancer or like the VA. There are, were options in bigger systems. But in general, it's just the norm. And yep. it's funny, I feel like concierge medicine at the moment is, I think, really one of the only ways allopathic or traditional health providers are able to regain autonomy or like yep. regain that. Because hearing your story and, and, yep. and, and again, your world of uh, working in a hospital and, and, and talking to providers, to your point, now, not only are consumers craving, a relationship with their provider again and access to their provider again without all of the exorbitant fees and hassle, but also providers are, they used to be able to go out in private practice easy, but now that seems like an alien world and almost impossible. Would you
1: agree? Yeah. You create a certain level of dependence. Um, And so what was once maybe normal um, has now become daunting, especially when you talk about legal components, all those other things, they'll scare you. I mean, they'll scare you big um, with, with where healthcare is today. So it's a jump. And I, and I do think we're seeing the momentum grow within that movement. And uh, and it's really cool to see, like you said, chiropractors, you know, now we have you know, different providers. What's really telling to me is we're all going in the same direction. And yeah. I think it's an indicator of the general industry and where we're at with Medicare in our society to where I feel like if maybe it chiropractors were moving in this direction, but the other, you know, maybe medical providers weren't, um, you see pharmacists, you see radiologists, you see, you know, occupational therapists, you see all these different professions that are rolling in the same direction. And so is this an individual you know, profession um, seeing an opportunity or is this the house burning and everybody's trying to run out of it? And so uh, more so seeing this um, people are fleeing a burning house and wanting to to move in this direction. So strong market push towards it. Um, I do not think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to grow significantly bigger. And and I think what's really cool then is we talk about better together, this multidisciplinary team, the ability to Create this comprehensive model. If we're all going the same direction, we're all, you know, going to be aligned in objectives and strategies. So, I think this creates really, really cool opportunities for medical providers uh, and solutions to uh, to come together, to provide additional and enhanced value to organizations, to individuals, and the communities that we live in.
0: Yeah, and again, for me, when I think the word concierge self care, for me, I just think about innovation in healthcare. It's how do I think outside the box regardless of my profession, my specialty, the, what am I an expert in? I, I've given some keynotes at some different conferences recently for, uh, healthcare and, and healthcare entrepreneurship. And I've truly challenged often the crowd of providers to think or ask themselves, you know, like, who are you called to serve? Like, what is your, what's your spiritual gifting? Like, where has God gifted you and what are you uniquely called to serve? And whatever that population is, ask yourself. Is the way that I'm serving them the best way to reach those people? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. Like if I was a you know, like a neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. concierge medicine is not really a great avenue for me because right. I probably need to work in a big hospital system that has the resources and the the channels for me to get patients and all of the the hurdles I, I can imagine that exists yeah. with trying to go out on their own. Again, it would make sense. But again, if you're a provider that's just an expert in a niche thing, you know, it might be looking at some sort of concierge model to reach those people, especially if you are a provider that's working in a town. Like, let's say I was a functional medical provider. uh, doing I did functional medicine and I was an expert in uh, kids with Lyme disease. If I live in Holland, Michigan here, the pool of kids with Lyme disease is probably pretty small. So it's gonna be hard for me to build an entire practice around that. But with telemedicine now, I could build an entire practice Mm -hmm. and protocol around serving those people really, really well. And that is not only great for me because I'm staying in my unique uh, gift and passion, but it's also great for patients because now I can have a child in Lynchburg, you know, that has line, And then I find that there's a world-class provider who has a telehealth option for my child and can serve them just as well as if they were physically there. That is something that is really profound. And again, I think it's a win-win. And so again, if it can be, a I, that's what, again, I get most excited about and where I'm most optimistic in healthcare is again, in the idea of innovation. And that to me is synonymous with this this movement or this idea of concierge healthcare. And
1: again, why I think it's going to yeah. stay. Uh, I agree. I agree. So no, yeah. Wrapping up the idea, I really think, I mean, I think we are aligned in the fact that yeah, concierge medicine is not going anywhere. Uh, I think it's a movement. I think it's a movement that's growing and I think uh, it puts our audience, you know, insurance uh, professionals, it puts uh, business leaders and owners and members of the community uh, in a prime spot to start making some decisions and take control yep. of, of their situation. Now, not be a victim of it, but, uh, but seek out solutions that are growing in uh, technological advancement as well as uh, skill and quality. Yeah. And know. so
0: just real quick before we wrap up, I just wanted to give one quick takeaway. If you're listening to this and you're a business owner, HR professional, and you're wondering how concierge healthcare your self-care could be potentially affect you. Obviously, we talked about the ways like uh, it can affect in a personal consumer in your life. But if you're looking at benefits, um, you know, doing a A survey with your people if you understand the issues that they may have. Again, you might have a large population of people that are all struggling with the same health concerns. And so there might be a vendor that specializes in that. And again, we're, again, maybe you just had a one run renewal. It's not a good time, or maybe a good time, depending on the way the vendor is and how they're built. But often uh, it can be a great time to start to research if you know your people and what they're struggling with. There might be a vendor out there that is niche perfect fit. And when you talk about perceived value and employee benefits, again, you, if you can, you can show that not only were you listening and that your employees were seen and heard, but then you went out and helped, you know, curate a solution to serve that problem. That's a really compelling
1: benefit that is going to breed some really cool retention and cultural change in your organization. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. So keep educating yourself and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll grow better together. So uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, please like, follow, subscribe. We are continuing to look for creative ideas, so uh, please comment with any creative ideas. We want this to be valuable to our listeners. Uh, always looking for guests on the podcast as well, so any recommendations for uh, guests, uh, we would really appreciate. But uh, it's great to be in the new year. Uh, it's great to, I think, be in this, uh, I say, ag- aggressive time for us to to make movement and educate. Yeah and uh real quick before we wrap up just want to plug real quick we are
0: going to be uh hosting a panel coming up soon uh where uh if you're listening to this and you're based in west michigan we're still finalizing all the details but we are going to have a panel with myself nate mike hill and then a mental health professional from a local eap uh, to talk about employee engagement and benefit creative benefit solutions so again if you're a business owner, HR professional, or insurance broker, again, be on the lookout. We will be publishing that soon, but just wanted to quick plug that to make sure that if you're in the area that you can attend. So again, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and God bless. Thank you.